Oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. Have you heard of what a penis facial is? What? A penis facial. Wait, what? A penis facial. Like, does that mean I have to rub penis all over my face? Hey friends and welcome to a brand new episode of Beauty Unlocked. I'm Carissa. I can't believe it's already a new week and a new week to record. (laughs) It's a Wednesday, so again, I'm recording a bit, not a bit late, like last time it was on the Thursday, that was even worse. But um, yeah, so how's everybody been? What you guys been up to? I'm still waiting for those emails, hint, hint. I want to know how you guys are coping with this whole social distancing quarantine thing that we're going through at the moment (laughs) um it's been a few weeks for some of us or a few years not that i've um quarantined myself but i have been practicing self-isolation for quite some time now and i might say that um i'm kind of going crazy so crazy that i only have like about five apps that i'm using which is a lot when you think about it But I've definitely been keeping myself occupied with um, learning how to film things from a different way and just jumping around the freaking camera and posting on various social media. And uh, seriously, it's it's uh, this obsession that I've been having. (laughs) It's like keeping me away from my work work. And now I'm here recording on a Wednesday. So, yeah. But I still want to hear how you guys are coping with everything. I know a lot of, of, of people are working from home and some unfortunately have lost their jobs and my heart goes out to you guys. My heart goes out to everyone actually because it is a very difficult time and you know, keeping those vibes up is the most difficult thing, especially if you've been like locked in the house for you know a week, two weeks, three weeks, four weeks. And so that's why I I choose the well of course apart from going crazy the way I choose to keep my vibes high is by jumping around being an idiot not taking myself seriously and posting it because you know what to do on that note actually I wanted to say that we're I think now four downloads away from like hitting a hundred and I did promise to do my happy silly chicken dance if we when we hit like a hundred downloads so you guys have to like (laughs) spread the word and get us to like a hundred downloads because that's like uh it's it's a small victory for this new podcast it hasn't even been like two months and almost at 100 downloads. So for me, I'm just like, yay, so happy, almost. Get the word out, tell your friends, tell your family. Obviously warn them that there is sometimes, you know, some, how would you say? Well, I have a sailor's mouth, so kind of warn them that sometimes they're gonna be hearing a whole lot of F-bombs. <laughs> so, so yeah, but you know, keep everyone entertained while, you know, we're in this uh, social distancing, self-isolation thing right now. Another way I've been keeping myself busy, (laughs) apart from not taking myself too seriously, is actually finding different ways to record and playing around with audio and everything. 
So obviously you guys heard the beginning of this episode, which I'm promising that it's going to be very, very interesting. And um, it's a different uh, it's a different take on things and seeing some beauty trends that we have um, adopted in the kind of late 20th, early 21st century. (laughs) And let me tell you, researching some of this stuff. I kind of went down a rabbit hole and there was like other like terms that I've never come across. And I'm like, what the hell is this? And then I put it in like this special folder and I'm going to create like extra content. um, But I'm not going to talk about it right now. But I have been going down some deep, deep rabbit holes when researching some of these topics. And I'm like, what the hell? (laughs) So I'm hoping that you guys enjoy this episode and what we're going to talk about. I was actually thinking of what am I going to name this episode? And I was just like, well, since we do talk about penis facials and other things, I was like, I'm going to call it penis facials, designer vaginas, and anal what? So yeah, I'm just whetting your appetite. So as you guys know, that Beauty Unlocked is not your ordinary beauty podcast because we talk about, you know, societal pressures or the pressures that society puts on us to have the ideal body, ideal face, ideal whatever, beauty standards in general. Researching this, these beauty trends that we've adopted in the late 20th and 21st century, some people are taking it to a whole new level So that's all I'm going to say. I'm going to get into it right now because I can't wait for you guys to hear this. This is the part where I put on my sexy, sexy voice and tell you to buckle up. I give you a little bit of a wink. I have that little mischievous smirk. And I tell you, are you ready? Here we go. All right, so let's start with the world of the penis facial. Welcome. So I found these two articles. Um, Well, I found more than uh, two articles on this, (laughs) but I'm going to cite quartz.com and her.com. So the penis facial is the latest way to get a glow. And do you know how much this treatment costs? It costs $650 per treatment. Now, it's not officially known as the penis facial, but... It's, it's gotten that it's gotten that name. It's actually known as EGF or epidermal growth factor facial. Now you know it's easier just to say penis facial. And like all modern skincare phenomena, it comes from Korea. So the serum used for the treatment is made from stem cells derived from the removed foreskins of new more, newborn babies in South Korea. I'm so I'm so like, wait what? It might seem a bit extreme. A bit is an understatement, but okay. But you can actually find the same protein used in the penis facial, or EGF, epidermal growth factor, in a variety of your skincare products that you can find in your bathroom right now. Yes. You know, this made me actually go and check. And it's not like I have so many, um, (laughs) it's not like I have so many, uh, what you call it, um, so many like beauty products, uh, because I make my own, but... I did not see any of that on on there, so it's all good. Um, even the beloved Oprah, she endorsed a cream with foreskin-related compounds in them. So how it goes, this treatment. Your skin is prepared beforehand with peels, micro-needling, and, a, and, ooh, 
and an electrifying mask. Tongue twister for some reason. So there is a science behind it. And it started with Rita Levy Montalcini and Stanley Cohen's discovery of EGF. And it earned them a Nobel um, Prize in 1986. So EGF has been shown to promote wound healing in clinical studies. And this is where the foreskins come in. Because EGF is derived from human tissues, including skin, kidneys, and male genitalia. In some cases, foreskin. Lovely. <laughs> the stem cells are said to help uh, boost collagen and elastin in your skin to keep you looking fresh. And it can stimulate cell proliferation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm getting a whole bunch of visuals at this point. And none of them have to do with baby foreskins, let me just tell you. EGFs are just one of several beauty products rooted in foreskins. Um, the Skin Medica Cream, beloved by Oprah, for example, contains human fibroblast conditioned media. Why do they have to label their shit so complicated? No wonder people, I mean, seriously, if I just saw, well, first of all, if I saw human in anything that I own, I would be like, what? So if you go and check your skincare products, your beauty products, I don't know what, and you see something that's called human fibroblast conditioned media, know that there might be foreskins in there. <laughs> so as we said before, these are essentially stem cells that have been grown, well, in this case, the human fibroblast conditioned media. They're stem cells that have been grown in a lab, but which the company says were cultivated originally from the stem cells of a single baby foreskin 20 years ago. Lovely. Lovely. So there are quite a few celebrities who actually um, have tried the penis facial. And one of them is Kate Blanchett. <laughs> By the way, I totally fangirl on Kate Blanchett. I think not only is she like gorgeous, um, but she's such a talented actress. I don't need to be telling you guys that, but I'm just saying. So she, uh, Kate Blanchett is a fan of the treatment and confirmed that it smells as you might expect it to. I didn't, I, I, I wasn't even thinking of the smell. I didn't even get to that point of thinking, mm, does it smell? No, not, I didn't really think about it, but all right. So she goes to tell uh, Vogue Australia. She says, Sandy Bullock and I uh, saw this facialist in New York. Georgia Louise, and she ga she gives what we call the penis facial, and it's something, I don't know what it is or whether it's just because it smells a bit like sperm. There's some en enzyme in it, so Sandy refers to it as the penis facial. Okay. <laughs> yes. Sorry. So as we said, the New York City-based uh, City celebrity facialist Georgia Louise, she told The Cut, I have text threads which would blow your mind. Honey, already the fact that you're doing penis facials blows my mind, but okay. So um, from celebs asking for the penis treatment. <laughs> the penis treatment. Wow. Um, the penis treatment all the time now. The treatment has taken off in a big way. And InStyle reports that there's a two-year waiting list for the penis facial. <laughs> I can't, I can't. This is why I say don't take, don't take things too serious because I've, I've heard it all. I've seen it all. I've probably experienced a whole load of shit. <laughs> and now I'm talking about penis facials. Okay. That's wow. And that apparently smells a bit like sperm. Thank you, Kate Blanchett, <laughs> for putting things in, into perspective. 
So now you know that penis facials are a thing. And if you've ever gotten one done, I want to know. And no, I'm not talking about the kind of stuff we see on Pornhub where there's God knows what slap in your face. I'm actually talking about the $650 cosmetic procedure. Because although your girl here is getting a bit tired of jumping around and posting on various social media sites, I wouldn't mind if you share your kinky and somewhat depraved and, dare I say, lascivious stories. Just send me an email. Beautyunlockedpodcast at gmail.com. You know. You know where to send all those juicy stories. And I promise I won't tell anyone that you've sent me an email. You can even keep your, like, name hidden. I will not tell a soul. I just need something. I need to read something that just makes my eyes pop out. <laughs> and, well, I did read about penis facials, but okay. Anyway, moving along to our next cosmetic procedure that would make even our predecessors blush. We're going to talk about, drum roll, please, anal bleaching. Oh, my. So I remember hearing of about anal bleaching quite a few years ago, actually. I was watching um, E! Entertainment with my mom back in the day. It was like 2006 or something. And they had those, what was it, Doctors of Beverly Hills? I don't remember. Anyway, there was an adult entertainer. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm like coughing a lot. Sorry. Um, there was an adult entertainer who um, went to one of the doctor's offices and asked to do anal bleaching and I was like wait hold up what they do anal bleaching and I was like oh is that why like a lot of adult entertainers have like a pink <laughs> anus <laughs> I don't know what to say but you know I was just like oh is that okay so I came across this this article and yeah so basically I'm going to talk to you guys that may or may not know what anal bleaching is so this article is written by Jessica Migala and she wrote it last year actually in December on December the 26th uh yeah 2019 yeah last year god I felt like it was two years ago I'm not well anyway and the article is titled what is anal bleaching and how does that work <laughs> okay, here we go. So if you've ever taken a mirror to look down there, you may notice that the skin around your anus is, well, dark. Some people opt to get a cosmetic procedure that lightens this pigmentation, which is called anal bleaching. So Fawad George Kato Moawad, who's a medical doctor, um, he offers this treatment in his Virginia Beach Med Spa, and he tells health, um, the goal is to achieve an even skin tone similar to the rest of the body, he says. <clears throat> As I told you, I saw this procedure being done on an adult entertainer in 2016, so that's 14 years ago. So he says, what started as a, a treatment sought out by adult entertainers has gone mainstream. Zuri A. Morell, who's also a medical doctor, is a colorectal and general surgeon in Beverly Hills who performs anal rejuvenation procedures. We're not going to get into anal rejuvenation in this, in this episode, but who knows? In future episodes, we might. So he has treated 400 to 500 patients seeking anal bleaching. During procedures to treat hemorrhoids and anal skin tags, patients would jokingly ask, can you make it look nice? He tells Health. Most of the patients coming to me for anal rejuvenation procedures are recently divorced middle-aged women who just started dating again, says Dr. Morell. And that sounds a bit... Mm-hmm. I see. Okay, so, all right. 
Well, that's most of his patients, not all his patients, but okay. So here's the thing. It's totally normal for the skin around your anus to look darker. This can be due to genetics, everyday friction, sweat, diet, irritation, hormonal changes, among other reasons, says Dr. Cato. And don't forget that your poop is, well, brown, and stool pigments can change the coloring of this area over time, adds Dr. Morell. That's, thank you for telling me that when I used to squat in front of a mirror or whatever, put a mirror down there, uh, that's why. Okay, I understand now. <laughs> but never in my mind did I think, hmm, I should get my anus bleached. It just never crossed my mind, but that's, that's me. So how does it work? So despite what the name implies, there's no clor uh, Clorox being rubbed on your anus. <laughs> Good to know, Dr. Cato. So actual bleach can cause skin burns, and yes, it can. So that's out. More commonly, the lightening or brightening agent is hydroquinone or kojic acid. Though some places may also use other topicals like azelaic acid or niacinamide. <clears throat> niacinamide, he says. And I'm just like, listen, already the word acid going anywhere near my bits and bobs makes me cringe. I don't care. I mean, he's, you know, they're saying, well, no Clorox is being rubbed, but you're using kojic acid? Like, okay. All right. <clears throat> so Dr. Morell's lightning ingredient of choice is hydroquinone. Sorry, I can't say these medical, ugh, seriously, um, because he's found that it's the most effective, painless, and safe. HQ helps brighten the area because it inhibits the enzyme that produces melanin, the natural pigment in skin. Okay. <laughs> wow. All right. I had to stop recording there to clear my throat and cough because this dust is irritating me. But I was re-listening to what I just recorded and I was like, hold up. Did I just say 2016? That was 14 years ago. Bitch, learn how to do your math. No, I meant 2006. I'm not too sure if any of you caught that, but I meant 2006. <laughs> oh, wow. Anyway, so... <laughs> I found a personal account from Tracy Kiss who has tried anal bleaching, but the way she's done anal bleaching, it's with laser. And I found this article in Hot Fuzz. I find like these, oh, anyway, I'm not going to get into it. So she says, I tried anal bleaching. <laughs> I did not, but she did. It made me feel like a virgin again, and my boyfriend loves it. Loves it. Oh, there's no period there. Okay, sorry. My boyfriend loves it. So she's a mom of two and fitness instructor, and she's, well, at the time when this article was written, she was 30, and <clears throat> she says that the procedure has boosted her confidence in the bedroom. In fact, there's been a 23% surge in the number of women seeking anal bleaching as they feel the pressure to look like porn stars in the bedroom, and this is according to a top London clinic. I have never felt the pressure to look like a porn star, but... You know, I mean, okay. The procedure involves lightening the color of the skin around the anus, which we've talked about. It's done purely for cosmetic reasons to make the skin the same color as the surrounding skin on the backside. But is it worth it and does it hurt? Well, uh, well, I'm okay. I'm not going to go into my personal account of, but I will tell you later. So uh, when this article was written two weeks ago, we sent fitness instructor and mom of two, Tracy Kiss, along to HB Health Clinic in Knightsbridge, London, to have a 30-minute session. Why I chose to try anal bleaching and my verdict. So, to be honest, I 
I had not really given too much thought to that area of my body. I guess because it's not talked about a lot and people find it a, a little, all a bit embarrassing. I don't know. It's your ass. I mean, whatever. It's your asshole. I don't know. I, I don't have these kind of... Um, I just I just speak my mind and well there you go <laughs> I don't find anything embarrassing but I can see why more and more women are having it done we all like to be well groomed I get regular bikini waxes and remove all my pubic hair thank you Tracy reading more about it I did become a bit concerned deep down as to how mine looked take a mirror down there I love sunbathing and wearing g-strings and I've even had designer vagina surgery we're not going to be talking about it this episode but these are these are the terms I came across while researching these topics and I'm like put that in the special folder put that in the special folder so <clears throat> continuing with Tracy's account I'm into bodybuilding and I realized I'd not really given uh, been giving that part of my bum as much attention as everywhere else so I thought why not look into it I never realized just how many shades and color skin in that area could be and that I could even select as my end result color what you can select your end result color okay obviously I don't look at that area of my behind very often but from time to time her she was saying that her boyfriend does encounter me from that view <laughs> okay while he had no complaints I decided it would it would be nice to have the darkish brown color of the skin down there look more uniformly like the rest of me. That's the reason most models and celebrities say is behind them having the procedure. I was surprised at how quick and simple it was. When I got to the cl clinic, I had to lie on my back with my knickers off, just like I was having a smear. I was given special glasses to wear to protect my eyes from the laser, and Emla cream was then applied to the surface area to allow the skin to numb for several minutes before treatment began. Um, so the double wave laser removes the melanin layer present in the sensitive area, meaning the source of the darker coloring is permanently treated without leaving any scars or burning. <coughs> so sorry, I have to keep clearing my, my throat, guys. Uh, my allergies are a bit off at this point. So I didn't know how sensitive I would be for the very first zap, and I was worried I might jump with the surprise of it. I'd imagine it would be painful, but it was over with really quickly. I've had my underarms and rosacea on my face treated with laser before, and I'd always felt a short, sharp sting during those procedures. With this, I merely felt a couple of pings as laser shots <laughs> were set off at my bottom. It was certainly, uh, sorry, it was certainly easier than childbirth or period cramps. Uh, okay, yeah, well, I can imagine. <clears throat> yes, it would be. After, afterwards, my bottom felt quite hot because of the laser, and I was given um, a healing cream which needed applying twice a day. I couldn't wait to see what it looked like, and I was thrilled with the results. I had Freddie, her boyfriend, take before and after images, and I used a mirror between my legs to check on the recovery. The area is considerably lighter and looks just like my normal skin. It's gone from what I would say was a latte brown to a strawberry milkshake color. The whole experience was bizarrely liberating. I've nicknamed the procedure my cracking facelift because it really felt like a facelift for your anus. Okay, Tracy. Um, all right. Okay. Shit. <laughs> As for my own personal account, I have been lasering my body hair for the past what are we, uh, can it be since November 2015? 
past, oh wow, so it's already been almost like five years. Um, and I've just recently um, started lasering my bits and bobs. And let me just tell you, it is, um, um, I, first of all, no Emla cream was applied because obviously the um, estheticians that do this um, lasering, they see that I'm a badass bitch that can handle the pain. Now, of course, I was not ready for those zaps. And oh my God, it was, um, um, I don't know what to say. I mean, Tracy over here says that it was like bear more bearable than childbirth. Anything is more bearable than childbirth, to tell you the truth. But in the sense of I was just like, um, when I was reading her account, it brought back memories of those first zaps. And my, my palms got sweaty, guys. I was like, ooh, mm-mm. Oh, I remember that pain. And, um... Whew, yeah, so, but no Emla cream. And, you know, what I love, God, seriously, bless these estheticians that I've known for the past five years. They're just like, you don't complain much. I'm like, no, I don't. It doesn't mean that inside I'm not dying. Um, but, wow. So, that was Trace's account. So, basically, there are two ways to do anal, well, yes, two ways of doing anal bleaching. And one is by using kojic acid or anything that's, uh, well, that, that you could put in that area, not Clorox. And um, you could do it with lasering. That would be interesting. But I don't think the laser that I was used on me is actually the same kind of laser that is used for anal bleaching. Who knows? I should take a mirror down there. It's been quite a while since I, I should reintroduce myself to my bits and bobs. Talk to them and see what the hell is going on, actually. But yeah, like to see, I wonder, since I am doing that area with the laser, will it get lighter? Who knows? The next time, once I'm out and about and go to get lasering done, I'm going to go and ask the esthetician, Oi, I have a question. Is this going to make my, like, bum hole lighter? Just checking. She's probably going to be mortified and be like, huh, what? <laughs> oh, I love, like, everybody that's just removing my hair and everything. I miss them. I miss them so much during quarantine. Let me tell you, I, I, I can't do my nails. I can't do my facial hair. I can't do, like, my body hair. And I feel like I'm going to come out of um, quarantine looking like the Sasquatch, basically, like Bigfoot. I'm telling you, like, it's going to be, I'm going to be a fucking mess. <sighs> so, yeah. Oh, your girl here is um, drinking some oregano tea and it is getting hot. I had to take off my hoodie. Damn, it's getting hot. Um, I can only imagine what's going to happen in about like a month and a half here in Cyprus where I'm going to be complaining not about my allergies, but about the heat here. And all, everyone always says, you're so lucky you live in Cyprus. And I'm like... It's not fun when you live in a place that has 100% humidity levels and it goes up to like 36, 37 like degrees. Like seriously, that's not fun. In Nicosia, it can go much higher than 45. Fucking government lies that, you know, it's like 40 degrees because anything above that, um, you know, you shouldn't be working basically, especially jobs that require you to work outside and everything, construction and all that. But seriously, my car thermometer once, I remember it was like, what, 10 years ago when I went to like the embassy, like the Chinese embassy in Nicosia, it showed, it was in August, it showed me 50 fucking degrees. And I was like, I'm going to die. I'm going to die. So it is not fun to be, especially if you have circulation problems such as I do. You guys are like getting a whole bunch of tidbits on me, juicy, juicy stuff, huh? So don't forget to like send me emails about your juicy stuff. Um... But yeah, so that's, that's, 
that's me right now. I am feeling the heat. So going back to <clears throat> why I can't, this is, this, is, this is my form of entertainment, but also this is why I can't be serious when reading about a cracking facelift or that it felt like a facelift for your anus. Let me tell you why you shouldn't take life serious sometimes. I'm gonna give you more juicy juicy about me. I have a BA in international relations with emphasis on refugee studies and a minor in media communications. And I also have an MA, a master's in international relations. Didn't use those diplomas, let me tell you. Um, that was a, a waste of money on my dad's part, but okay, whatever. And I'm here and I'm talking to you about facelifts for your anus. You gotta, seriously, you guys, you, and you know this, you gotta make a whole bunch of strange U-turns in life and find out what really works for you. Apparently, talking about penis facials and anal facelifts is where I feel the most comfortable. <laughs> oh, Lord, Lord, Lord. Anyway, onwards with the next beauty trend. So we talked about bleaching your anus and we talked about penis facials. Let's look at our vaginas, or for those listening that do have a vagina, just saying. We're gonna talk about designer vaginas. Um, before we get into designer vaginas and what the hell is that all about, um, does anybody remember that trend in the early 2000s, like the early noughties, noughties? <laughs> no, noughties? I don't even know how to say it anyway. Where it was a thing to get your pubic hair landscaped? Did, did you guys remember that trend? I remember we were in Geneva when I heard about this trend and I'm like, what? You can get pubic hair landscaped? Um, obviously now there's no point of me getting that done because I got still pubic hair, but um, heck, I, can, I, can, I guess I could wear a Merkin <laughs> and, just, and just landscape that. But um, does anybody remember that or is it just me? Or is it just me that I was like in, I was listening to stuff that talked about these trends I don't know, I feel like I'm the only one who listens to this kind of stuff, and I'm kind of getting worried now. Maybe it was just like a way to like push me to towards my life path, which is talking about penis facials and everything in between that. So let's get into this vaginal beauty trend, which didn't start off that way, but it ended up, I mean not, yes, it kind of ended up going there, so. Here we go. What exactly is the designer vagina and what you need to know about it? So this article was written back in February, not too long ago, you guys, and it was by Mara Santilli. And basically we know that, again, pressures, the ideal body, ideal face, ideal hair, ideal, this is the perfect, and, and every culture has it, every society has it. Um, and so now, Apparently, women are going to the new extremes to attain the perfect vagina in pursuit of unrealistic beauty standards because it's not enough. In general, we have unrealistic beauty standards. Now our vaginas need to look perfect. Um, okay. I don't, I mean, all right. So, if celebs have taught us anything in recent years, it's that the vulva and vagina aren't off limits when it comes to cosmetic treatments. So we have from the Kardashian sisters openness about getting laser vaginal rejuvenation to Sharon Osbourne talking about her vaginal tightening procedure. It's clear the beautification treatments below the belt are becoming commonplace. I actually remember Sharon Osbourne mentioning this on, on the Graham Norton show. And I 
do not remember the Kardashians ever mentioning. But then again, no comment when it comes to the Kardashians. So, the trend is growing among non-celebrities too. In fact, when it comes to labiaplasty, because that is what it's called, labiaplasty, aka designer vagina surgery, which involves altering the labia, there was a 53% increase in procedures from 2013 to 2018 in the U.S. And this is according to the American Society for Aesthetic Plastic Surgery. Now, if you guys remember, I have uh, in previous episodes, uh, I have no issues when it comes to plastic surgery. Um, it's just that it can become addictive. And clearly there's enough shows around whether you watch TLC or E! Entertainment, I don't know, whatever. There's clearly a lot of people who have become obsessed and addicted to plastic surgery because they're always trying to attain that image that they have in their head of what beauty is. And they kind of lose themselves in it. I seriously have no problem. I mean, do like reconstructive surgery. There are reasons to have surgery, you know. And I don't... Um, I don't, um, I don't judge anybody who's done plastic surgery or reconstructive surgery obvious for obvious reasons, but in the sense of we have to know, it, it's also taking care of that mental health and understanding why we're doing it, who we're doing it for, because if we're not doing it for ourselves, we're never going to be happy, and um, it's, it's that little monster and that little voice inside our head that says, well, you know, you have this tiny bump here, you should get rid of it. Well, you know, you should go like a breast size up. Or, you know, your nipples aren't this color. You should get that fit. You know, it, it's like that tiny little voice that just nonstop pesters you. And that's when, and a lot of people aren't going to admit that they're addicted to plastic surgery, but there have been celebrities and we've seen that have been addicted to plastic surgery. But so, let's go on to this. Regardless of the exact reason behind the trend, vaginal health and plastic surgery in and around the vaginal area are getting more and more attention than ever before. Here's everything you need to know about labiaplasties and other common vaginal cosmetic procedures. So we're going to start off with what is exactly a labiaplasty? <clears throat> so labiaplasty is mostly an aesthetic procedure, but it could also be a functional one. So we'll talk about it a bit later of why when it comes to functional, like what does that mean? Um, so in most cases, the surgery alters the labia minora or the inner lips of the vagina. And this is what Dr. Henson explains. But it could be tailored to alter the labia majora or the outer lips as well. Basically, the plastic surgeon shortens the labia to remove excess tissue, which might be bothering the patient for aesthetic or functional reasons, e.g. it gets in the way during sex or exercise and other daily activities. That's the functional reasons of it. Um, we're not talking about the aesthetics of it. So labiaplasty is different from a vi uh, vag sorry, vaginoplasty, which is a surgical procedure for vaginal tightening, and this is what Dr. Henson also explains. Certain patients may have um, this done because of pelvic floor issues, um, such as incontinence after multiple childbirths, she says. But it's also often done to help increase vaginal tightness for sexual pleasure purposes. However, there is not a ton of evidence that vaginoplasty procedures work well, and she, uh, Dr. Henson explains this. And there may be potential for causing chronic pain and harm. So there are also other non-surgical vaginal rejuvenation treatments which fall into the designer vagina. 
trend, but are totally different than labiaplasties. So these include lasers to stimulate the mucosa or inner lining of the of vagina, vagina, what? Vagina and um, LE or lead light treatments that supposedly um, stimulate the vagina to produce more tissue. So, however, she, uh, Dr. Henson warns that most of these treatments are not FDA approved or scientifically proven to increase vaginal tightness or reduce dryness. Okay. They're not FDA approved? Are you shitting me? Well, we did talk about the FDA a bit in a different, um, in another episode, but. <sighs> so, why would someone get a labiaplasty? There are a few reasons for undergoing a labiaplasty procedure, but most of them involve aesthetics as opposed to medical necessity. So as opposed to the functional reasons of why you would get it done. So one of the main reasons people opt to get a labiaplasty is the dissatisfaction with the labia's appearance. So this is the number one reason women tend to have labiaplasties done. They might experience embarrassment or lack of confidence in how their labia look, especially during sex. In many women, the labia minora hang lower, which is completely normal, but doesn't match the very narrow beauty standards women see in the media. <clears throat> the reason for this show, for this like podcast. Hello. <laughs> um, so, yes. Mm. I mean, whatever I say, it's everybody has their own notions of what is perfect. And of course, again, like I say, media does force feed us this, these, you know, ideal beauty standards and they're very narrow minded and they they're not they're not um it's like how would you say these narrow minded views don't um there's there's so much more i mean can you i just don't understand the narrow mindedness is just like the you you being unique is what is one of the most important things that we as be human beings have and i don't know why everybody wants to be this sheep sheep like have the same vagina have the same you know, penis have the same breast size. That why, why you are beautiful, you are unique. Whatever size. I mean, again, like I said, if it's for reconstructive purposes or functional purposes, uh, the labiaplasties. Fair enough. If there is discomfort and all this, yes, seek medical attention. Go and talk to you know um, uh, a board board certified like cosmetic um, surgeon. Or plastic surgeon that there's but when I'm talking about is the addiction to look like someone that you've seen on TV in a magazine on, on online and whatnot it's just like your vagina is beautiful just love your vagina love it embrace it please love your vagina okay all right here are other reasons so discomfort with long labia Having larger or longer labia could actually cause functional problems for some patients. This could include discomfort riding a bike or wearing underwear or a thong or excess moisture coming from the vagina. So these are more for the functional purposes, whereas the first one is aesthetic. Pain during sex. Dissatisfaction with the appearance of the labia may affect a patient's confidence in the bedroom, but having enlarged or longer, or lo, yeah, sorry, or longer labia could also get in the way during sex, potentially causing a painful or at the very least uncomfortable experience. Just by reducing the size of the labia, sexual function might be improved, if anything, because you're not as worried about the tissue getting pulled or stretched during intercourse. So again, this is for functional purposes as opposed to aesthetics. So cancers or precancerous conditions. One medical reason for a labia reconstruction might involve having to remove part of the labia that contains cancer cells in the vaginal area. 
So cancers or precancerous conditions that can grow there might require um, excisions. And this is what Dr. Um, Henston mentions. So if you're interested um, in how much a labiaplasty uh, costs, um, labiaplasty procedures are no small expense. And the American Society for Aesthetic Plastic Surgery reports that the procedure costs about um, $2,800. These are typically considered elective cosmetic surgeries, which means that it would be difficult for your insurance to actually cover such a thing. And it would be very difficult also to argue this is in the states apparently i don't know how it is in europe but it would be difficult to argue that the procedure might be medically beneficial so such as pain during sex or reconstructions or reconstructive surgery or removal of cancerous cells um again like it's not one of the things that i've inquired about um but i can see why a lot of insurance companies would be like hold up that falls under the category of elective surgeries, um, but they're not thinking of the functional, how would you say, like, you know, the not the aesthetic purpose, but the functional purpose that you might feel discomfort or there might, you know, there, there might be, again, like they said, cancerous cells and things like that. We're getting closer and closer to the end of the show, <laughs> but um, I have like two more, well, I have this other article about teens and then it's going to take us into this artist that I have followed for a very very long time but I'm going to talk about this article that I found in allure.com and it's called more teens are getting labiaplasties and it is very upsetting so the way uh the writer of this article by the way is Michaela McKenzie and she starts off by saying I love the way she writes Ugh, seriously in somewhat the fuckery news more teenage girls are reportedly getting labiaplasties aka plastic surgery that reshapes or resizes your lady bits because they think their vaginas are ugly. How did we let it come to this? Very true. So according to a report from BBC News earlier this month, uh, I didn't see the month of this article, but okay. Um, according to the BBC News, uh, gynecologists in the UK are noticing a disturbing trend. Teenagers and even girls as young as nine years old are seeking the procedures from their doctors. This is where I'm saying we have a problem as society. Girls as young as nine years old are, are, are seeking the procedure from their doctors. What? So girls were sometimes come out with comments like, I just hate it, I just want it removed. And this is what Naomi Crouch, um, she's a medical doctor and chair of the British Society for Pediatric and Adolescent Gynecology, she said in an interview with the BBC. For a girl to feel that way about any part of her body, especially a part that's intimate, is very upsetting. So the concerning trend is happening here at home uh, in the UK, according, or sorry, ooh, um, in, in the States, according to the American Society of Plastic Surgeons. So they were saying that labiaplasties is on the rise in the United States. And in 2016, there were over 12,000 procedures performed, up 20 or up 39% from tw uh, 2015. Who numbers? But it's statistical data. And you know how I love statistical data. And just over 5% of those procedures were done on girls under the age of 16. And this is according to the American Society for Aesthetic Plastic Surgery. That's over 500 girls who were so unhappy with their vaginas, they sought surgical intervention. Whatever happened to the sweet 16 birthday parties people threw? What the hell happened to that? Now teenagers are asking for breast and labiaplasties, like breast um, augmentation or whatever, breast 
you know, cosmic, uh, cosmetic surgery procedures or labiaplasties and you're just 16. What if it becomes an addiction? Where is, where is the screening of this? This is what I want to know if these um, cosmetic surgeons are actually screening their patients. Because are you, you're talking, okay, I understand that if it, it troubles you so much and you can't get it out of your mind, it does it does bother you mentally of what it looks like and stuff. But then you have, there, there's counseling and there's people that can help you with that to get over that hatred of whatever, of yourself, of your body and things like that. It's I think that going to cosmetic surgery is a very big leap um, because then you'll always find something wrong with your body. This is the problem. So we're no strangers to conversations about aesthetics and securities and how thanks to social media and our constant culture of comparison, there always seems to be some new aspect of our appearance to put under the microscope. Very true, Michaela. And the world of beauty has definitely um, made inroads below the belt. Some of them empowering, like embracing the ever so famous bush. And we're talking about bush, like a bush down there. And some a little more concerning, like people stuffing glitter up their lady bits. Yes, I heard about that. I'm not going to even get into the glitter, vaginal glitter. Um, that's another thing that I've put in that special folder that I will eventually get to. Who knows? So, yes, embracing the bush. Dude, when I used to... Okay, never mind. I'm not going to talk about that. Never mind. We're, we're going to move on. I was about to, like, share something else, and I was like, you guys had enough. So... So according to the BBC, experts think this particular brand of scary insecurity may be coming from the increasing accessibility of porn. Their perception is that the inner lips should be invisible, almost like a Barbie. And this is what Paquita de Zulueta, who's a medical doctor, told the BBC. The reality is that there is a huge variation. It's very normal for their lips to protrude. So Michaela goes on to say, so you hear that youngins? Labias are normal, human vaginas are, human vaginas are normal, Barbie vaginas are not normal. <laughs> yeah, so that, that, that comes like basically an end to like vaginal or designer vaginas. But before we finish off this very, very interesting, I hope for you guys, um, this very interesting episode, I wanted to mention um, an artist that I've been following since 2014. <clears throat> and I actually spoke to my soul sister um, in Switzerland. Again, I don't know if she wants to be named, so I'm just going to... You know who you are. Hey, girl. Hey. Um, but <laughs> I, I spoke to her about him. I spoke to her about many things about this podcast much before I started recording this podcast. And one of the things I brought to her attention was about labiaplasties. And I spoke to her about this artist, and I love him to bits. Um, he doesn't know I exist, but whatever. His name is Jamie McCartney, and you guys should definitely, definitely check him out. His work is amazing. I came across his work when I was a teacher in Italy, in Padova, and I actually shared it with one of my very high teaching classes, actually. <laughs> That's the kind of English teacher I was. Let's talk about the Great Wall of Vagina. Um, but it was to get them into like a conversation, you know, mode and to see how they express themselves and everything. But I'm going to post the link to his um, to his webpage. This guy, I want to meet him. I actually want to buy his art, but... Like the prices, I remember seeing a figure of eight thousand, and I'm like, I don't have six hundred and fifty dollars for a penis facial, and I don't have eight thousand. Who knows? Maybe one day I will. But I definitely want a commission. I want him to like seriously, 
oh my god like i want one of his like works of art and when you'll come into like my house you'll just see his works of art and you'll be like what the fuck is this it's a work of art but um seriously the the great wall of vagina it's an incredible piece of work actually that he did and he also has he also basically he does uh, well he's done other things like um let me see he's done uh the great wall of vagina vulva panels internal vaginas penis panels the spice of life and penis flags and we over sexualize um people's genitalia and everything it's just something that the media obviously throughout the years and throughout the centuries not the media but just the general public and i'm not gonna even get into like the history of over sexualizing the human body and um i'm one of those people who doesn't over sexualize the human body like you can stand naked in front of me and i'm gonna see it as a work of art i'm not going to be like oh my god your tits your you know i'm not gonna be it's not gonna be like that for me because there's a there's a clear distinction there is a time and place to sexualize the human body in the sense of in the bedroom or wherever you prefer to have sex and then <laughs> we're not going to get into this or that into this episode that yeah um but there's there's a time and place and for me i just i don't see the human body as i don't over sexualize the human body so i'm going to be posting this link up to jamie mccartney's um portfolio and it goes into the great wall of vagina and how he came about and it's actually it was actually what we discussed about hearing about 16 year olds and young girls going to get labiaplasties because they weren't happy with their with their vaginas and and um i just i love the reasoning behind his art he's an amazing amazing artist and i really do hope that one day my soul sister and I over in Geneva will actually go to the UK and meet him because I just, I, I'm a fan of his. So yes, Jamie McCartney, I know you're not listening to me whatsoever, but hopefully one day, sir, I will meet you and I will commission a piece from you because I fucking love you. Um, on that note, um, I'm going to, <laughs> I'm going to stop right here because this episode has been very long. You guys know where to find me on the social media. It's Beauty Unlocked, the podcast. Uh, on Instagram, it's beauty underscore unlocked underscore podcast. On Instagram, we are growing, which is awesome, awesome. I'm loving that. I'm having some problems, though, when I post on my Instagram page. And then I, I don't know why it links it to my personal account, a lot of the posts I put on. But um, on Facebook, we have a private Facebook group and a Facebook page, which is not private. It's um, under Beauty Unlock the Podcast. Check it out. You know where to send me an email. Send me, send me emails, you guys. I want like some emails. Tell me how everybody's coping with everything. If you have some interesting stories to share. And please, please, on the social media, don't be shy. If you guys come across like articles or whatever, you know, dealing with societal pressures and all this, please post it up on the on the on our Facebook page and group. You know, don't be shy. I seriously don't bite unless you want me to. <laughs> but in all honesty, you guys, as always, the closing message is with all this craziness in the world, whatever is happening, please, please love each other. Love your yourselves spread some of that good good love i'm all about those loving vibes you know i am and with that in mind i love you guys and i will well you will hear from me in next week's episode bye wow